Welcome to the Luxury Podcast, an interview series that focuses on the finer things in life. I'm your host, Arpan Kosh, and in each episode, I speak with the people that bring you the very best. From luxury homes to boutique jewelry, from Michelin star dining to private jets. a city that has always been about building greatness. Uh, It has built itself up from a small port town to a thriving metropolis, and indeed it is a city where a lot of people want to build their own homes from the ground up. That is where Elsian Partners comes in. Elsian Partners is an engineering and project management firm that has been operating across Europe and the Middle East for well over a decade, and they've recently introduced a new concept called Italian Luxury Mansions. The idea is simple. If you want to build a home, they will help you with everything from design to construction uh, down to facility management once the property is complete. To talk more about Italian luxury mansions, I am joined by the CEO of LCN Partners, Lorenzo Candleberger. Welcome to the show, Lorenzo. Um, hope you're doing well. Uh, Hello, Arpan. Thank you very much for welcoming me to this show today. All right, great, great to have you. Um, I guess first things first, let's start off talking about Italian luxury mansions. Now, it's a very fascinating concept. Uh, I remember we spoke with uh, your colleague Marco, um, who kind of explained the concept a little bit. Um, so if you could just kind of go through that in a bit more detail. Uh, it's something that's very exciting for home buyers here, I'm sure. Sure, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, um, we've been work- working in the Dubai residential luxury market for over a decade now right and to those who ask me what i think about the the specific niche of the market uh, which has to do with uh, luxury properties i always say that yes luxury in dubai is very glittering it's very glamorous Mm -hmm. but this is luxury for photographers as i define it (laughs) right in the sense that many luxury properties look extremely good Mm-hmm. And they're actually thought and conceived and built to appear very good. But if you start scratching the surface, in fact, you'll find out that what's missing most of the time, it's the actual quality of construction. Right. You will find that many of these properties were unfortunately built with poor materials. Sometimes there was poor workmanship and details were not uh, dealt with accurately. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are some design issues or technical specifications were not fully correct. So these properties very sadly end up be looking very old and falling apart of after just a few years. Which right. is, I find it absurd if you consider how much these properties are sold for. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so LC and Partner has been experiencing this for a long time and mm-hmm. we come from Italy um, uh, where on one side, yes, we have Italian design, great architects, great interiors, but we also have a heritage of buildings that have been lasting for 500 years. Of course. So yeah. for us, yeah. building must last 
for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So what we did, we came up with this concept of the Italian luxury mansions, which is basically putting our experience to, uh, let's say, to the best of its capabilities. So what we did, we pulled together a team of architects, mm -hmm. interior designers, specialist contractors, suppliers, vendors, and so on, which we have been working with, which we know from our Italian relationships and so on. And we, we put them all together under the supervision and coordination of LCM Partners, who acts as the general contractor. Mm -hmm. And we offer to our clients a one-stop shop solution from design to handover and even facility management if required, okay. guaranteeing the highest levels of quality. Uh, and it's not just about uh, quality for photographers, but it's actually quality for users. So materials that last, um, components that continue doing their job for a number of years. Right. And it's, it's a more essential concept of luxury in the quality of what we built. Right, right. Uh, yes, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like something that I think is essential for a market like the buy, uh, having a quality that not only looks good, but genuinely is built to last. Um, for, I guess, the materials and stuff that you get, uh, are you looking specifically at Italy for your sourcing, or do you...? Well, not necessarily, not exclusively, let's say. Okay. We have, of course, an, a number of suppliers and, and vendors that we have pre-qualified and selected mm -hmm. uh, who are Italians and provide top quality, uh, let's say, solutions. But of course, we are sourcing in the market across a wide spectrum of uh, let's say, different suppliers and materials and not necessarily. I mean, we can adapt to the client's budget. Um, sometimes right. people believe that when you start talking about quality, this necessarily means super high costs, which is not necessarily the case if right. you procure your materials and components right. Also, many people do their math just considering the, the cost of buying a property, but mm -hmm. not running a property but if you put in the equation how much cost you're going to spend to maintain a poorly built property mm. well it turns out that the little premium you pay for quality during construction usually comes back with a multiplier during the lifetime of the building right Right. Um, now, you've been established, uh, as you said, in Dubai for over a decade, I think about 12 years now you've been here. Uh, what led, I guess, what led you to Dubai? What led you to expand here? Well, Look, that's an interesting question. In the beginning, um, we actually came to the region. Um, we were, we were, at the time, we were mostly an engineering consultant rather than a construction project management consultant. Right. And at the time, we started exploring opportunities in the region, mostly with reference to large infrastructure projects. Actually, the first time I came to Middle East was right after Gono Hurricane, and I went to Oman All for right. the reconstruction okay. of uh, Koreat National Road that had been wiped away by, by uh, the hurricane. But then as we started developing our activities in the Gulf, uh, in, the, in the UAE, in Qatar, and uh, in Oman mostly, mm -hmm. we more and more discovered that this was a market which was um, very interesting um, for us, especially in the field of project management, which mm -hmm. then became our core focus. Right. Um, 
And that's, that's how we started and we progressively shifted more and more our focus towards uh, buildings rather than infrastructures and we've uh, done quite a lot of work over the last 12 years indeed. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Uh, and, and now in terms of, um, I guess, uh, the projects that you've managed, uh, has it always been private or I guess you've worked with the different governments as well? No, no, we have done both okay. public and private public projects. And private, yeah. We've been involved in projects like uh, Oman Airport uh, or Al Maktoum, sorry, uh, yes, Al Maktoum International Airport. Oh, We've right. been doing several road projects for Muzanada in Abu Dhabi, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so several projects also in the public sector. Um, let's say when it comes to let's say buildings mm-hmm. on the other side, we've predominantly worked with private developers or private clients, luxury residential, high right. rise uh, uh, offices, uh, hotels, uh, hospitals, uh, um, logistics warehouses. Um, I mean all types of buildings, honestly, uh, over the years. All right. Uh, now speaking of Dubai specifically, is there a kind of favorite project of yours that you've worked on, residential or otherwise? Well, look, uh, if we stick to residential, luxury residential, Uh there's at least two projects. One is one of my favorites because of the location. It's a tip plot on Palm Jumeirah where we build five super luxury villas, which for a long time have been the highest selling villas in terms of price uh, right. ever, ever sold in Dubai. Wow. Um, and the second one is again a villa in Palm Jumeirah on Front J, <laughs> which was the highest quality we ever reached in Dubai for a German client who was really obsessed for incredible quality and it was like a, <laughs> for us it was like a playground because we could really go for the best of the best <laughs> think of. Uh, then if I must mention at least another project which is really my favorite I would definitely say recent experience in Expo we've been involved in several Expo pavilions which was quite an adventure yes in fact that's that's something I wanted to come to Uh, so yes you've consulted on Expo you've been involved in several of the pavilions Um, you just give me a quick run through which pavilions uh, have you worked on Uh, overall we've been involved in our capacity of either project manager or construction manager or work supervision consultant for a total of 12 pavilions oh wow Um, Italy Mm -hmm. Sweden Finland the Netherlands Philippines Peru, Chile, Angola, Lithuania, Greece, Mexico, and DP World. Oh, wow, that's quite a spread. Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> it was quite an experience, I must say. Sure, I mean, what has that been like, just working on all of that? Look, it's been <laughs> extremely challenging for a number of reasons. First of all, of course, these pavilions are, let's say, very ambitious when it comes to technical solutions, architectural ideas and and materials. Right. And some of these pavilions were built in ways that were never seen in Dubai. I mean, I'll give you an example. The Swedish pavilion mm-hmm. is built entirely out of wood, including foundations. And <laughs> the authorities in charge of approving these buildings, right. they had never actually faced a design like that. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the Netherlands pavilion is built with uh, steel sheet piles uh, planted in, oh, the, wow. in the sand, okay. right. which is usually 
you know, uh, do, are usually used for completely different purposes. Right. They were used there. So we had to face a lot of uh, very unusual situations, which was also very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, but I'd yeah. say the, the other biggest challenge, of course, was uh, COVID-19 and uh, right. all the challenges that we had with regard to the fact that our clients were sitting in Santiago de Chile or in Philippines or in Sweden right. and they couldn't come to Dubai and we had to deal with them on a digital basis. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it was not easy at all and we never stopped even though there was lockdown in Dubai and uh, we right. were forced at, forced at home. Uh, not everyone knows that the Expo 2020 site never, never stopped. Oh, wow. Were you uh, still going on site during that time? Oh, yes. All absolutely. Right. There oh. were just a couple of days where the Expo was closed due to uh, extensive sanitization. Right. But other than those days, the construction sites never stopped. Of course, they slowed down because there were infections, there were people missing, there were, you know, more demanding procedures of but, course, but the, of course. The, the construction itself never stopped wow so uh, what was it like then for you you know to see all of that finally come to fruition i mean you know we were hoping last year you know expo 2020 october 2020 it would all happen and unfortunately it was all set back but what was it like finally to see hey this is this is uh, happening i can tell you it was a, an unexpected mixed feeling in the <laughs> sense that when one of my employees sent me a picture mm -hmm. as she was walking out of the main gate of expo site right, right. saying i'm walking out and i'm leaving behind me 12 pavilions that we've delivered <sighs> i mean of course there was a sense of accomplishment and we were proud of the achievement because I mean, we contributed to something which undoubtedly is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it took, and it sounded like, ooh, <laughs> we've finished this incredible adventure. What comes next? And then the next day, actually, a new adventure started for us because we're not only involved in the construction, we're also involved in the facility management, in the management ah, of right. logistics, mm -hmm. of events and mm -hmm. other, let's say, activities so it's actually a continuing experience it's not over at all and i must uh, say that my my team deserves a big kudos because they've done incredibly well in this oh. in this in this uh, expo fantastic that is absolutely fantastic uh, so you are still very much involved in the project and you know it will be an ongoing thing until the end of expo yes that's true yes okay. we are in charge of the facility managers or management of three pavilions mm -hmm. uh, plus uh, we are still involved as project managers throughout the the six months of the exposition because many of these pavilions mm -hmm. are actually um let's say live in the sense that every week they're changing some of the internal arrangements uh, the okay. exhibits come right. and go there mm -hmm. are installations dismantling and, and many things happening so mm -hmm. we're actually there as we know the building and we help you know right. getting all these things set up removed and changed uh, every week let's say all right uh, and after after Expo ends, uh, there is a plan to kind of repurpose the site uh, into what will be known as District 2020. Uh, 
is that something that you will also be part of, or is your commitment so far till the end of Expo? Well, we are, let's say, we have a commitment with the participants, I mean, the international mm-hmm. participants uh, who are supposed to dismantle their pavilions after the end of the exhibition. Right. However, it now sounds that some of the best pavilions might be kept on site oh, as, right. say, a farther contribution to the legacy of Expo 2020. Mm-hmm. Whether there will be an opportunity for us to be involved in the upcoming projects uh, to, let's say, redevelop the area, that mm-hmm. I cannot tell. I can only hope <laughs> of course. that will be the of case. Course. Right, excellent. Um, so then coming back to Italian luxury mansions, sure. uh, that is, of course, um, kind of one of your big focus points right now. Um, uh, now, you mentioned that, you know, some of your favorite projects were on the Palm. Yes. Uh, and uh, I remember when we spoke to uh, Marco, he'd also mentioned a few projects on the Palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you'll be, is that an area that you'll be focusing quite exclusively on or? No, definitely no. not. Look, mm-hmm. There are, it's a very interesting time in the Dubai residential market. Indeed. Uh, as you definitely know better than <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, what we are observing is that there is a lot of transactions, people selling and buying properties, and there is a lot of renovations going on, mm-hmm. refurbishments, sometimes uh, complete gutting out or demolitions and reconstructions. Yeah. And that is happening consistently across all residential areas, not just the Palm or the the most prestigious ones, but across, I would say, all those greener areas, especially uh, these green communities that we have a little bit on the suburbs of Dubai, which are extremely lively uh, from this point of view. So no, to answer to your question, we're not definitely focusing only on Palm Jumeirah, there's plenty of other communities. Let's say we're targeting a medium high, let's say, level in terms of uh, sizes and mm-hmm. uh, quality or the level of let's say finishes but uh, we've been also asked to quote for refurbishments of large condos for example and, okay. and in principle right. i mean we we're not excluding anything and we can work anywhere in dubai all right excellent and what is next for you now uh once you know Expo, of course, will be a continuing part of your uh, your repertoire. But other than that, what else is going on? Where do LCN partners go next? Well, look, uh, we've been mostly focusing on Dubai, but we're a global company and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot going on on a global stage. Uh, right. Well, these are incredible years. I, mean, I, I, I keep on repeating that most likely we're now leaving uh, a time which will never come back again mm-hmm. in our lifespan. Right. Uh, this incredible restart after the COVID-19 yeah. pandemic and crisis is something amazing. I mean, in Europe, we are experiencing unprecedented rates of growth, especially in the construction industry, um, as a combined result of public investment and public funding injected in the industry mm-hmm. and concurrent, uh, let's say, private investments in many sectors from hotels to logistics and so on. Yeah. But I can say that we see a positive trend uh, at a global level. We work I mean, in Africa, Middle East, Asia, Europe, so we have a quite global footprint. Right. And the, the positive signs are, let's say, a bit everywhere. Of course, there are countries where this restarting is a bit 
delayed or is happening at a slower pace and mm-hmm. other countries where maybe the public funding is a bit more aggressive so things right. are speeding up a little bit but as far as the UAE is concerned um, we are now seeing signs uh, after this last summer of quite an interesting you know surge of new projects or let's say renewed interest in even public uh, uh, initiatives both in Dubai and Abu Dhabi I cannot disclose the details, but we'll say <laughs> we are in advance to negotiations for a couple of projects and uh, so we've been shortlisted also for um, another interesting public uh, opportunity. So we have quite good expectations about about the UAE market, not to mention, of course, the rest of the region. I mean, Saudi is definitely a very interesting market as well for us. And that's across the entire, let's say, sector and i mean it's not just residential it's mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of movement in logistics i mean um we're currently bidding for a lot of projects with amazon for example who are extremely right. extremely active in the logistics mm-hmm. sector of course. Um, i mean the hotels have never stopped uh, <laughs> uh, being built even during the pandemic mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and there's much more happening so well we have definitely have quite interesting expectations for the next future we're also looking very much and it's quite interesting um, in the retail fit out because uh, okay. it was stopped for a long time during COVID because right. shopping malls were closed, nobody was renovating, nobody was refurbishing. Yeah. Now we're seeing an amazing surge in this direction. And that's, again, a global trend. Right. It's quite interesting. Right. Oh, yes, definitely definitely some interesting times ahead. And uh, I'm sure you'll find yourself working on some, some very fascinating projects uh, in, in the coming months, coming years. So. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> think so. Uh, oh, yes. We are already busy with some interesting ones, by the way. All right. Well, we're we're certainly hoping to sell some great luxury mansions uh, in the near future as well. So, the luxury market is a very strange market. It, it never stops. Uh, true. That's despite true. Despite any crisis. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the I guess uh, kind of crisis-proof markets. It keeps going. Yeah, that's no matter true. what. Uh, well. Lorenzo, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you dropping by and and sharing your thoughts. Um, Now, before we wrap up, there is a little uh, quick fire Q&A that I do with all of my guests. Sure, with pleasure. So, yeah, let's let's get uh, get started with that. Um, So, uh, what is your favorite cuisine? All right. So, being Italian, I would be tempted (laughs) to say Italian cuisine, but actually I'm going to say Mexican. Oh, okay. That's quite a curveball. Um, Uh Anything in particular? Well, I like spicy food and uh, I like the Mexican combination with it. All right, excellent. Uh, What is the last place that you traveled to? Iceland. Oh, wow. Was that uh, for work or vacation? No, that was a pleasure. It was really a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How how recently was that? That was last summer. Then I traveled Uh, for work, (laughs) but I don't think that counts. Right. (laughs) All right. Um, Two items that you have on your bucket list. Traveling. After such a long time uh, <laughs> that we've been forced, uh, you know, let's say, we've been grounded. And uh, if I have to say, I'd say South America, right. which I have never been to, and right. Japan, which is the next place where I'm planning to go, because Ooh. after Expo 2020 comes <laughs> Osaka 2025. Of course, right. Yeah, plenty for you to explore there, I'm quite certain. <laughs> Um, what would you consider to be your greatest luxury? Ah, oh, well, for me, it's definitely 
time off, <laughs> possibly on the mountains where I was born and grew, grew up. In uh, peace, nice. no telephone, no computers, <laughs> nobody calling me. And uh, that's for me the best luxury I can think of. I mean, <laughs> in, in the 21st century, that, that, I mean, that truly is a luxury to be able to get that yeah. all at once. Oh, yeah. Um, how would you define success? Oh, interesting. Well, the way I see it, success for me means achieving that one thing that really makes you feel accomplished and happy. It's not about the money for me. It's about right. really feeling fulfilled. Okay. And then you think that you're quite close to attaining that success? Or do you think you, think you may, have, may have already attained that? Well, I think it's never ending and it's <laughs> the objective constantly changed. Right. But I can say I definitely feel I fulfilled to some extent what I was uh, going for, but there's so much more I can do. Of course. And certainly I'm having fun, <laughs> that I can tell you. Well, that is, that is always great to hear. Um, what is one piece of advice that changed your life or that has stuck with you to this day? Uh, interesting. Um, let me think. I would definitely say um, always trust in your capabilities and don't let failures bring you down. And failures are part of the learning process. Right. And, right. Um, and every time you fall, you then raise up and go farther. So. That was probably the best advice I ever ever received. Oh, that is, yeah, that is definitely a good advice to keep in mind uh, for everyone. I think. Um, well, I think that's it for our quick fire. Uh, I'd like to thank you again, Lorenzo. I know thank it's you been very much. thank <laughs> it's you. It's been quite a busy day for you and yes. busy days ahead. So thank you for dropping by, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again sometime soon. Sure. Thank you very much for hosting me. All right. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Luxury Podcast. We are available on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. So if you enjoyed this interview, then please subscribe so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. The Luxury Podcast is a sub-brand of LuxuryProperty.com, an award-winning boutique brokerage that markets the world's finest homes. To learn more, visit our website at LuxuryProperty.com and follow us on all of our social media channels. Thank you for listening, and we will talk again next time.